Providing the best care starts with finding the best place to serve. Do you ever feel lost in your profession? Do you want more out of your career? Then come take a road trip with me, your host, Natalie. Hi, and welcome to Road Trip, a podcast place where we talk all things occupational therapy, the ins and outs of owning a private practice, the tricks of the trade, ways to put more tools in your toolbox, the newer yet unknown world of mobile therapy, driver's rehab, and much more. Come join me, the road awaits. Well, hi, Krista, how are you? Hi, Natalie, I'm good, thanks, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I am so glad that you were able to be here today for the podcast, Road Trip. You and I have met um, through Thrive team here in kind of Douglas County area. Um, and they were already connected with you up in Fort Collins. Um, but tell me a little bit more about Covell Care. Sure. So Covell Care is a mobile outpatient practice that I started about 13 years ago. Okay. And it's basically serves Northern Colorado. And then we work up and down the front range a little bit all the way as far as Colorado Springs. But the bulk of our therapists and our provisions are in Northern Colorado. And what we do in that mobile outpatient setting is we provide everything from physical, occupational, and speech therapies to counseling, massage therapy, driving rehabilitation, um, a whole gamut of different things that we bring to clients in their natural environment. Usually that's in people's homes, but it's not always. So we understand how important it is to be in the natural context with the clients that we serve. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do is we just are very, we're very um, nomadic and we see a lot of clients at their homes, like I said, but we also see people, you know, at the grocery store, on public transportation, at a coffee shop, at a bank where people are trying to use their skills and we need to rehab them in a more appropriate setting that we can't accomplish in an outpatient clinic. That totally goes back to our roots as occupational therapists, right? And we, right. we tend to forget that in other settings that we're in. Not that we're not addressing ADLs or IEDLs. We attempt to in, you know, acute care or even outpatient, but it's beyond that. You know, I know for me, a lot of clients would come to me and just say, I, I've met this goal, but I don't know how to progress into the community. I don't have resources available. So is that part of why you created Cobell Care and Rehabilitation was to really reach beyond that population? Yeah, it's actually the number one reason that I created it. And part of that comes from working in skilled nursing as a background. And I also had worked in the hospital settings and home care And when I was, you know, in my early 20s, I was naive enough to think like, oh, we'll just send these people home with home care and everything will be great. And then as I matured in my career, I was like, wait a minute, like these folks with dementia or low vision or, you know, maybe they just have mild cognitive impairment. They're not getting what they need in any setting. And as an OT, it just made sense for me to say, yeah, I'll come over to your house because I could help you better there anyway. And I didn't really ever think of it as a business necessarily because, like you said, it comes from the roots of occupational therapy. So I just went with what made sense and what I had been taught and learned and valued. And so, but that is where Cobell Care butted from is being in that natural context. And I think we, as practitioners, 
like you said, we all try to be really functional and we do the best we can. But, you know, I really learned when I went from skilled nursing to working in home care, how much even gets missed in that because Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we worked on vacuuming and cleaning in the facility, but then we got home and your vacuum weighs 300 pounds because it's 300 years old, you know? So we just had to start from working in people's homes and it just made a lot of sense. So it's exactly why Cobalt Care started. I'm sure you're like me in the sense that I loved home health for a reason because it was in their naturalistic environment, but something was still missing. And I know that for me, part of the reason why I began Empower Health Partners and got connected through Thrive was because I was getting limited by that homebound criteria, you know, and and clients weren't always homebound, if you will. And they were really often limited to the number of visits they were able to have Mm -hmm. under that insurance umbrella. And I know you're familiar about this because we've talked about it, but do you feel like it really opens the doors for you to, to really treat them anywhere within that um, insurance bubble, but also maybe even cash pay? Yeah. So I think it just, when we start peeling away the layers of the onion, whether, you know, people want to get better and they want to do what is going to help them get better. Not, not all the time, but most of the time. And so in those different realms, whether we're doing insurance or we're doing cash pay, if we're showing that we make an improvement by working in somebody's natural context, then that speaks for itself from an occupational therapy point of view. And so we just have to keep going back to our research and theories and showing that with working in natural environments that we should get paid for those provisions because they work, they're effective, and we're the only ones that can do that the way that we can as OTs. Right, absolutely. Now, um, when did you start to add those extra layers, if you will, with <clears throat> physical therapy, speech therapy, offering other services? Because I think when you were saying that when you started, it was just you, correct? Yeah, so it was just me, and that was the way I intended it. I always thought it would just be sort of a side thing that I did because I enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and met some great professionals that way, and then ended up getting too many referrals. I was still working full-time, so then I needed a little bit of help, so I just asked two friends that I knew were great OTs if they wanted to help me and contract with me, so they did. And then it was probably... mm, probably at least two, maybe three years. And what happened, the reason I added it, because of course I was like, I'm never adding another discipline. We're only going to be OT, which was really short-sighted on my part. But I ended up having a patient that I outsourced to a PT clinic and they agreed to be able to go see her at her assisted living because that was what was going to be best. I kind of twisted their arm on, would you please, please do this? It's really close to your clinic. And they said, yes. So they went there and I came in shortly after the visit and the patient was crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, well, they just told me I'm going to have to get used to this wheelchair and I'm never going to walk again. And they don't, they don't have any reason to see me. And I struggled with that because this was a patient that was, did not have a diagnosis. And so the neurologist team, neurologist and his team were trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with her and why she was having all these limitations. So we didn't know whether this was reversible or not. So the PT kind of took it upon himself to make that decision as far as her prognosis. prognosis. And that bothered me so much because maybe in a really traditional 
brick and mortar type setting right. that maybe that was okay. But I thought, but she needs to get to the dining room or she needs to be able to transfer and she needs to be able to do these things with the assisted living staff. And we need to ride this out with the neurologists and see what we have to do to help her. And he didn't want to come back and see her. So I thought we need to align with some other therapists that maybe are willing to do those more non-traditional type clients and align with our values at Covell Care. So that's when I added the physical therapy piece. And then within a year, um, added the speech therapy. My friend Kim and I, we decided that we really wanted to jump into the pelvic health realm. So right. that came about awesome. five years or six years later. I can't remember. And then we got our board certification in that. Um, and then slowly but surely, that's when we added the driving rehab, personal training, counseling, and massage therapy. So when there were holes or times that I would see clients and I think, you know, you could really use a counselor. And instead of me showing up being like, I feel like I'm a counselor, then I need a counselor to come in. So that's when we started adding those other services. Wow, that's incredible. The fact that you, it's so multifaceted, I think is incredible because I think a lot of time those, those layers are missing when we are treating, yeah. you know, I know even back in my outpatient or home health days, it kind of goes back to our very beginning of the conversation. We were expecting it to fall on those other pra practitioners. We were expecting them to pick up where we left off, right? Or find the resources within our company or those brick and mortars. Yeah. And I know because, you know, when I worked an outpatient, I was fortunate enough to be associated with a hospital. And so they had resources available. But then when I went out on home health, it was like a free for all, right? I mean, they didn't mm -hmm. treat clients. I know for me, it's out in Elizabeth and drive into Castle Rock for those services. And that's not always going to be conducive. So your approach of adding those services for those individuals is wonderful because then they kind of have all their eggs in one basket, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're able to refer. Now, um, when you get referrals further down south, is that typically when you have them go with a Thrive team or, you know, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so if we, if our team that's up here in Larimer and Weld County, if we can't field those referrals and they're trickling down south, I mean, there's plenty of areas in Colorado that we can't service, but if they're in Douglas County, then we refer to Thrive. Now, right now, Thrive doesn't have some of the extra services that we have, like counseling and things like that, so those things will probably come, but, but yeah, we try to team up with therapists that are maybe a little entrepreneurial in nature, which is interesting because I talked to a physical therapist the other day when I told him I was an entrepreneur, he was really surprised because he said that um, occupational therapists don't refer to themselves as entrepreneurs. So what else do you do? And I oh. thought that was a really funny question. Interesting. Yeah, but it's kind of true. You know, we don't have a lot of big entrepreneurial people in the OT world compared to some of the other disciplines that are out there like chiropractors, physical sure. therapists, you know, so I, when I meet, it doesn't have to be an OT, but especially when I meet an OT, I love that. But anybody that really wants to do things that are a little bit outside of the box, but needs that administrative support, like an EMR, you know, just guidance on insurance contracts, 
wants to have some coaching with marketing, help them build a team, advertise to add to their team and that kind of stuff. Those are the people that reach out to us as far as like, we'd like to do what Cobell is doing, but we don't necessarily want to reinvent the wheel. And I also want to see people, you know, with their own logos and their own dreams out there. So when we get a referral from down there, it's usually because of the Thrive's team's marketing efforts. And then we have other therapists throughout Denver and a lone satellite down in Colorado Springs that specializes in public health. Wow, that's amazing. So is there a goal in the future to continue to grow those counties and service areas? Or is it kind of a end-all be-all of kind of where you're set in those uh, locations? You know, I used to really formulate like real concrete goals, like oh, I want to be in this many counties or whatever. And I've just learned over the years to really trust the process. And when I meet people that are interested and we have a conversation, let's just see where it goes. And it doesn't really matter where they live. We've been approached by other therapists that are interested in doing something similar outside of Colorado. Um, but we're not really ready to take on that challenge because of the limitations that come up because of licensure and insurance contracts and things like that. So we're just sort of trusting the process and going with it and believing that, you know, the right people will come along that we can help and serve because I look at it that way too, is that I wish I would have had an OT ahead of me that could have said, here, Krista, do these things. This will save you four years you know, of figuring it out. And we just try to be that for people, you know? So I don't know to answer your question. I don't know where we'll head. I would assume that we would continue to grow. Sure. Um, by helping other people step outside of the box too. Well, and it sounds like, Krista, there's not a limitation to it, right? There's not a specific headcount you're trying to, you know, get to or stay within. It's, it sounds like, you know, from, from your perspective, it's, it's not a limitation. You know, growing is a possibility, but you're not sitting there trying to figure out the numbers game of we need this amount of people or we need to maximize you know, a whole big team in a certain area. Um, so that's awesome. We, you know, we've kind of been talking a lot about insurance contracts and kind of what that looks like. Um, obviously we know every state is different as far as the regulations go, but how did you start to figure out that process um, beyond just Medicare and Medicaid? Um, Cause you accept all insurance, right? We don't. We've actually made the decision to stay out of network with some insurances on purpose. Okay. And then some insurance companies like Kaiser, they don't know where to really put us because we don't look like outpatient and we're not really home care. So they're not sure what that is. So they're not willing to contract with us. Ah. Um, but we do take like, like, for example, when we look at things like VA contracts, Humana, working with the railroad, those types of things, Really, it just begins with getting on their website, looking at the requirements to become a provider, and then chasing that along and putting phone calls in, getting the applications. Find, and it, a lot of it is you just learn as you go. And the more insurance contracts you have, then the easier it usually becomes because they're pretty similar in what they need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the beginning, I outsourced for all of my billing. So the billing person that I worked with was really helpful to me to just really educate me on vocabulary, um, timeframes, using a blue pen versus a black pen, you know, little tips like that. 
versus now, you know, we, we do all of our billing internally. And so our director of business operations, she, she can like basically speak a different language because she talks insurance and billing all day. So when she needs to sign up for an insurance program, usually it's her just spending a few hours kind of looking at the process, what's all needed, and then she just attacks it. And if we need to do something differently and it prolongs the process, that's what we do. There's really no magic to it. It's just, you know, filling out the boxes and the forms the right way. Now, getting you, it to the right people. you have um, all your contractors sign up through those particular insurances, correct? So then they're a provider within a group. It depends on the insurance, but okay. for the big two, Medicare and Medicaid, yes. But for some of the others, then they can bill through our group information. Got it. Um, so it just depends. Okay. And how would you advise someone to go about finding someone who is involved in billing or insurance already and, mm -hmm. and being able to hire them for your company? I mean, I know for me, I, that's something that I've really struggled with, mm -hmm. you know, and I've fortunately had support from you guys, but um, identifying someone kind of locally to kind of help me through that process because it is it's a whole nother language like you said she she speaks insurance yeah not all, not all of us do i mean we do in the sense of the coding and you know that sort of thing and we kind of mm -hmm. learn as we go like you said but you know it, it's almost like taxes to me i mean it's it's a foreign language sometimes and it can mm -hmm. be hours on end yeah you feel like you're reading the same thing so how how did you go about you know, locating her and, you know, helping to, to grow into Covell care? Well, a couple of things. So when I first started, I just went through word of mouth and the biller that I used, she lived locally. She was super nice. She was patient with me. So I went with it and then paid her a certain percentage of my gross income. Yeah. Now there are a lot of resources that you can even just Google and find billing programs that are not, I shouldn't say programs, but people that will do your billing, billing organizations, I should say, that will do your billing and they specialize in the therapy field. That was like few and far between when I first started. So a couple of different things is I would ask other people who they used for their billing. A lot of times through your EMR, there's billing support, like our EMR, EMR offers the billing support, but we don't use it because we have our own person. Um, the person that works at Cobell, this story is kind of interesting because she actually was a CNA at the nursing home where I worked and she had no experience with billing at all. And I just really liked working with her. I was looking for somebody to help me in my office one day a week, just with faxes and organization and paper. And this is back when we did all paper charts and she was willing to help me. So she did that. And then over time, she um, just really liked like combing th through insurance statements and stuff. And she would go on and on and on about it. And I was just like, oh, like what? <laughs> and so um, we were actually having dinner one night at my house. And she said, you know, I think I would like to go back to school. I think I want to be this or that. And I said, have you ever considered being like somebody that does billing? Right. She said, no. And I said, well, you're really into it and you're really good at it. So you could think about that if you want. And she was like, oh, maybe I will. That's so awesome. she ended up putting herself through school. And I told her, I said, if and when you're ready to do the billing for Covell Care, 
it's, it's I'll yours. give you the reins. Right. Um, but it took her two and a half years to be able to come to me. And she said, wow. I think ready. And I said, okay, it's all yours. And she's been doing it ever since. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds I know. like it so she was a CNA. <laughs> it's funny how those like little niches just kind of develop and, and come into play. You know, I, I never, I mean, I've always been a leader, but I never thought I would own my own company, you know, and I, I never yeah. thought that it would be a niche within a niche, you know, with even the driving piece. Yes, I've always loved it since OT school, but it's funny how those like little things come out as you get more and more into your career. And that's awesome that she was able to find that, you know, something that she was passionate about and be able to help yeah. care. Saying that, you know, looking back, it's funny when you're in the thick of things that you can't really figure out like, why is this happening to me? Or why can't this happen? Or for me, like, why do I, why can't I get a job as an OT? And I had to take this social work job and I had to take this marketing job or whatever. And when I look back on it, I'm like, this all made sense. Like it, I needed all those things to happen so I could start this business. Well, and it sounds like things just kind of fell into place after you kind of pulled the reins back a little bit and stopped setting. I mean, concrete goals are important, of course, like with any company, right? But it sounds like you just kind of, oh. you know, and just kind of let things happen. And then they all started to kind of, fit in those puzzle pieces, right? And make your company work. And that, I think that says a lot to not get so wrapped up in the processy thing. Cause I know that that's something that I'm struggling with is wanting to do things by the book, but also mm -hmm. correct, of course, you know, as a mm -hmm. company owner, but you know, for me, that's where some of my guidelines and structure is coming from. And I, feel so overwhelmed sometimes, you know, just what's next, what's the next step, you know, how can I scale this company? How can I even continue with that marketing aspect? Um, so would you have any advice for any OT entrepreneurs or even physical therapy entrepreneurs, you know, on wanting to start their own business and they have these ideas but they don't really know where to start or they don't really know kind of those next steps what would you what would you say to them that's a really good question i would say so a couple of different things is that yes things will fall in place but i think too that we have to we have to work as if every single detail is up to us even though random things will happen. Like I met our biller as a CNA and she wanted to be a biller, right. you know, right. all those things that I had no control over, but you know, you really do have to do the work and um, put in the time for the research, the figuring things out, doing things correctly. And also then at the same time, try to learn how to manage the fear that comes in starting your own practice because it's very scary we think, oh my gosh, what if I do it wrong? What will happen to me? What's the worst case scenario? And then we end up kind of making this crazy scene, like all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, I don't know, like our lives are going to fall apart or something. So um, managing fear, doing your homework and your due diligence, but then also knowing you will learn things as you go and you will make mistakes. So you have to have some grace there. 
And I always try to look at things down the road. So three years is usually a pretty good time frame that I can yeah. wrap my head around. Right. Um, I will look at 10 years and five years, and then I really put in the nitty gritty in the next three. But if I can figure out what I want my life to be like, what I want the business to be like in that much time, I can start undoing that and putting the pieces in place to get me there. Um, and that serves me well. And I do that even when I have like a meeting with one of my staff members, if we're putting together an onboarding process, we talk about, um, you know, the, um, the end goal. What do we want? We want people to feel connected. We want people to feel this, 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 we want people to be successful. We want compliance, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. What are our three goals? And then we build backwards because I think we get caught up in the nitty gritty of things and the details of stuff. But if we start backwards, then it also helps us stay focused. So I would recommend that. And then, you know, I, anybody that you can, if somebody's a new entrepreneur thinking about it, bounce your ideas off of people that will listen to you, find a mentor, whether you pay for it or not, um, go to the small business development center, take online courses, free ones. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff without putting a ton of money into it, but just start to get comfortable with what being in business means because we as therapists know how to be therapists, but we're starting over just like when we went to OT 101 yeah. and we learned how to define occupational therapy. Right now you have to define what your business structure is, you know, or yeah. your, your, all this stuff, stuff that means nothing to us when we're just OTs working for someone else because we don't have to think about that stuff. So it's also just being patient with yourself and giving yourself time to learn. Well, and it sounds like you're really doing like a top down approach, right? Versus a bottom up. You're looking at that elephant, if you will, your big picture. And then you're, you're taking those pieces back and you're, like you said, you're working yourself backwards so that you can reach those next three to five year goals. And even that 10 year goal of what you want your company to look like. And I think that that is really important because I know when I had this idea of wanting to start Empower Health Partners, it was, I didn't know where to start. Like it was, I saw the elephant, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know mm -hmm. how to even get from this point to that point. Mm -hmm. And I actually sat down with a friend of ours who um, created his own property management company from the ground up in his mm -hmm. home. And he's now a successful property management company in Denver. And, you know, he doesn't know anything about healthcare, but he knows business. Right. And he knew, he got a piece of paper out and basically said, okay, what's your idea? And then let's backtrack it and see how, what's the next step? You know, how do you get, even get registered with the state? The next day, you, you know, you need to start with those contracts because you have to get on with, Medicare and Medicaid within Colorado. We know that we can't really opt out on those. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so we really sat down and kind of worked through the idea and then brainstormed throughout that idea on, you know, gradually, you know, making it day to day and, and then now the year, now the five year, you know, so on and so forth. And that really helped me to kind of rein it back a little bit and just say, okay, here's how I envision the company being, but obviously I'm not there yet. And here's mm -hmm. those next in-between steps. And I, I definitely agree with everything that you were saying as far as, you know, providing advice uh, to 
individuals that want to even start their own practice. For you, Krista, is there anything that you would look back on and do differently in the past 13 years or just, you know, change a little bit or say, Hundreds I, wish of I, things. Have, yes. yeah, I wish I would have known X or Y. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, <laughs> You know, some of the things that I wish I would have learned earlier is um, where to get verifiable, if that's the right word, resources for things. Um, I, what I see happening online now, and I didn't have to worry about this as much because there wasn't this going on, but, um, you know, there's lots of Facebook groups and that kind of stuff. I would have loved to have had that camaraderie with people that, you know, lived in New Hampshire or Texas or people that were just kind right. of walking the same walk as I was because nobody was that I knew. Right. right. So it's like to get plugged in there. But, you know, I think as therapists or really anybody in healthcare, we're very trusting. So I read these threads and I'm like, oh my gosh, like these people are giving advice that I know is incorrect. And so when I'm asking people like, where are you getting your information? They can't produce it, but they're telling me that it's absolutely correct. And I just can't do that. So I wish in the beginning, I maybe didn't take some people's advice like, oh, okay, I'll do it that way. Cause then I had to undo things later. Sure. Um, so checking my facts probably would be the first one. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else I would have done differently per se, but maybe have done a little bit more professional and personal development in the beginning Yeah. because the more we do of that, the better we can lead. And mm -hmm. if you're not great at certain things, you don't even know what you're not great at, you know, and, and it's just like you have to get better at things all the time because really sticky situations come up. Families can have a hard time, staff, contractors, referral sources, you know, people can say things about your company that you're like, what? Like, that's not true. We don't do that. You know, right, we don't right. provide those services or whatever, but, um, is just to be able to manage myself really well in difficult situations. I think that that's important, you know, just from an individual standpoint, from both, professional development development and personal development, but also as a company leader, right? And, and I think as occupational therapists, we can never have enough personal development and professional development. In my opinion, yeah. I love learning and I usually go above and beyond as far as my hours go each year, but um, that's okay, right? Because it's, it's almost like we're craving that. And I would say for me, I did start professional and personal development at the beginning because I don't know the business side of things. I don't know budget planning. I don't know all these things that, yes, I have support with, but I need to know the ins and outs and I mm -hmm. need to know that structure. And so I would even say, even if your goal, like you were saying at the beginning, is not to scale a company per se, and it just be you um, as a side gig, I still think it's highly important to know the ins and outs of your company because definitely you get audited or, you know, you have anything that comes back. You need to be able to produce exactly like you said, being able to produce a document. And I know that this goes into another conversation that you and I had about Colorado mm -hmm. direct access, you know, yeah. not no one being able to produce that yet. And so mm -hmm. not going by that hearsay, I think is a really important tip for anyone that's 
wanting to even just branch branch out, even PRN or part time on their own, mm-hmm. to, to not always to take that advice with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, and to to do your own research, I think mm-hmm. is really important. Um, is there anything else that I missed that you want to mention about Covell Care? I mean, this has been so helpful. I think just talking through the ins and outs of what it takes to own a you know a private practice, but also creating something that was out of the box. I think mm-hmm. it takes a lot to to go out of the box because we're so used to you know being over someone and being under that umbrella of having those policies and procedures lined up, having the billing lined up, um, you know, and, and really not having to think through beyond your treatment. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, the only other question that I do have for you is, does Cobell Care offer services for entrepreneurs um, either at cost or, you know, is it a free service if they're looking for um, consulting you know, to, to grow their business or, and or looking for that marketing aspect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple things um, for your first question as far as like what to share about Cobell Care. People can look up, look us up on our website that'll be being under construction pretty quickly here, but it's covellcare.com and you can connect with me too on social media or LinkedIn and stuff like that. And, you know, the thing that when I meet people, that idea that somebody is really passionate about, I encourage people to listen to it and listen to themselves and find people that will cheer them on because people will say, you can't do that. You can't do that. And that doesn't make sense or that'll never work. Or you can just see it in people's face that they're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm, sounds great. But just to really listen to yourself. And if you're passionate about things, I can't tell you how many emails or conversations I have with new budding business owners that I'm like, what? Like, I don't understand what you want to do, but I never, ever, ever tell them that it's a bad idea because they're going to hear that enough. So I think that if you really feel like you can make an impact is to do that. And I look at too, like as far as scaling my company, it's hard as a healthcare worker sometimes to look at scaling a company because then you start to feel like, oh, I'm like all the corporate people or I'm just focused on money. But one thing I love is when we do follow-up calls with clients that I've never met, I know nothing about them, and they say, such and such therapist changed my life. I am better because of this person. Thank you. You know, I don't have pain anymore. I, you know, I'm, I'm out dating now. I'm doing this. Or, you know, we see pediatric clients too now. And so it's like having moms say, you know, my son can make it through dinner now without having meltdown, you know, that kind of stuff. I have nothing to do with those treatments, but I have a lot to do with getting those therapists and those contractors in those people's homes and in their lives to make a difference. They, we've seen thousands of clients that I'll never see with my own eyes, but, that, but they're getting help that they can't get anywhere else. So you don't ever realize how much of an impact you can have on others by you know, sharing of yourself and sharing of your ideas because people will want to work with you. You know, we have about 70 contractors now. So it's, it's awesome because they all have their own unique talents and skills that they can bring to the table that I certainly can't provide. And that makes me feel awesome. So you just never know what that little idea is going to become. And then um, your, 
second question as far as help with consultations and marketing and business support and stuff, we do do that. I do one-on-one -on -one personal coaching and then we actually have options for people if they want to purchase time with the director of business operations or mm -hmm. if they want to purchase time with the um, director of business development that specializes in marketing, we can help with that too. So it used to just be me, but some of the questions that I was getting, I thought, you know, I work with people that are experts in this stuff. And that's another piece of advice for any entrepreneur is right. hire people that are better than you at stuff and get out of their way. Right. Because, you know, we we went from just me being a one man band to, you know, I have nine staff members. That's crazy. And 70 contractors and they all are talented. Um, but it's amazing to see them do what they can do. And they have a lot of expertise and help to offer other people. So we do offer that and we can always email out the packages to people. OK, so they would just find on your website your email and then email you if they were interested. Yeah, and they get, my email is Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, at covalcare.com. And, yeah, you can get in touch with me, you know, anywhere on social media or on email and stuff. We'll get that information to people and, and answer questions that way. That's awesome. That's that's so great that that's even available. Because um, I know a lot of times, you know, you're already caught up in your own company and mm -hmm. let alone finding that time to be able to provide a service to others I think is awesome. Well, and I feel like... I feel like I'm an OT in every sense of the way. You know, I, I look at how I do goals for my business, just like I would do it for a patient, long-term goals, short-term goals. And I look at what we do at Cobell Care. Yes, we're in business, we're a for-profit business, all of that, but I can help other OTs and other disciplines have a better quality of life and have more meaning in their work and feel more purposeful when they go see a patient every day. And that is OT 101. So I'm kind of an OT for other business professionals now. And my job is to serve, you know, and, and Cobalt Care is the vehicle for that. That's awesome, Krista. Well, I really appreciate all of your insight and taking the time today to join up with me for this podcast. Um, but like I said, if you guys want to check out Cobell Care, you can find it on her website. You can always email her or, you know, find things on social media as well. You can always reach out for, uh, to me if you need to, if you're not finding her information readily. But again, thank you so much for your time today and uh, we'll chat soon. Yes. And thank you, Natalie. And what you're doing too is really important and it's been fun to just watch you grow and your car and everything else that's happening. So there's a lot, I'm sure, to still come down the path, but you're doing really good work and, you know, getting OT out there. So I just wanted to say thank you for that too and awesome. having me you. on your podcast. The pleasure is mine. So pack your bags and grab your snacks while you take a journey on this road trip with me, your host, Natalie. Thanks for joining me and see you at our next destination.